But a lot of us do get very dissatisfied with the journey. And I think that if we just learn to focus more on who we're serving and our customer rather than ourselves, then that would make things a whole lot happier, I think. And people would be more fulfilled with where they're at and with their life in general, instead of thinking that something is missing. Welcome to the Being in a Band podcast. I'm your host, Monica Strutt, and I'll be your new band bestie as we deep dive into all things music marketing, branding, PR, and release strategy, as well as the mindset it takes to succeed in today's modern music industry. I know the highs and lows of being a musician, and I've seen far too many of my talented peers give up on their dreams far too early in their careers. After working for years as a musician, professional digital marketer, and music journalist, I now help emerging bands break through the glass ceiling and reach the next level in their careers. Let's do this. What's up and welcome back to the Being in a Band podcast. I am so excited to be back and to be talking to you tonight because it's been a little while. It's been a few weeks since I've published a new episode. And honestly, the main reason is just that I've had so much going on and I've spent most of my time just dedicating myself to my clients and organizing a launch of the membership and a free webinar, which I actually ran this morning on promoting your band without live shows. And things have been pretty crazy with the band as well and lockdowns and everything. So yeah, the podcast did take a little bit of a backseat while all of this was happening. And honestly, my ideas that I had for the episodes weren't really vibing. I didn't really want to publish anything that wasn't of quality or that I wasn't in the mood to record because that's obviously not going to make for very good content. So I just decided to take a little bit of a break. But as I mentioned, it is Saturday night and we are in lockdown again in Melbourne for a minimum of five days. Often these things do get extended and it is quite frustrating because we're watching the rest of the world have vaccine rollouts. And that's not to say that the vaccines aren't available here in Australia. They are, but they're not in plentiful supply. And I don't really know what the deal is, to be honest. But since the vaccines are rolling out everywhere, it seems like the rest of the world is now starting to open up. I'm seeing people travel overseas to different countries and our borders remain closed. And it's incredibly frustrating. Not only do our national borders remain closed, but also the state borders. So this is really causing such a problem for anyone within the music industry, of course, musicians touring because Australia is small, right? So a lot of our bands do rely on overseas touring in order to actually generate a you know, a sustainable living, but you know, since that wasn't on offer, Australia being an island, I think all of us were hopeful that the virus would be contained outside of the country and we would just be able to tour within Australia. But with this state borders closed, that obviously poses a significant problem because we can't go to other cities. And by the way, 
you know, we only have one major city in every state. So we're just not built for doing, you know, statewide tours for the most part. So my band is planning on doing a tour in September. Fingers crossed. We will be playing Adelaide as well as Melbourne. We've had to scratch Sydney off of the list, which I'm particularly upset about because my family is there and most of my friends and a lot of my being in a band members are there as well. So it just really, really sucks that I couldn't play in my hometown, but fingers crossed we can do so later in the year. So yeah, that's what's been going on. But since all of this has happened and since, you know, we've just been through one hell of a time with 2020 and continue to ride this roller coaster of the pandemic, I thought it would be a good time to run a free webinar that I told you about this morning, promoting your band without live shows. I first ran this webinar a year ago, right before I started the Being a band membership, which is my monthly membership where you get masterclasses, access to a private Facebook community and Q and A's with me and support from me directly, as well as the rest of the membership. And right before that started, as I said, I did this promoting your band without live shows because no one could play live, right? So I updated it and I ran it again and we had 30 amazing people on the call this morning. It was Friday night for my US peeps. It was Saturday morning for us. I did it at 10 a.m. and it was so much fun. I stuck around for like 45 minutes after the webinar answering questions. There was still more that I couldn't get to, but it was just such a fantastic way to start the day. And it's really, really lifted my spirits after being told that we're being locked down again and you know, taking dates off our tours and everything like that. So I was reflecting on the webinar and that's what's really led me to today's topic, which is about customer service. And this is a really funny topic to talk about on a music business podcast, because you don't really think of customer service necessarily when it comes to running your band. You think of marketing and promotion and branding. And essentially you think about growing your reputation and growing your band for you because you want to live out this dream of being a full-time musician. But what I do believe a lot of musicians are forgetting is that we are in the entertainment industry. Our job is actually customer service. It is to entertain the public and to bring light to their lives or to evoke an emotion and to sum it up, it is basically to entertain. And that is why one of the things that I'm very, very strict on when it comes to my bands and any band that I see is, first of all, I hate when a band is performing and it really looks like they've put zero effort into their onstage presence, not only performance wise, but really in the way that they dress. I feel like that says a lot about how much a band cares So I was sitting here tonight and I was reflecting on the webinar this morning and we were talking a little bit about customer service and just that point about the fact that we are in the entertainment industry and we are providing a service. And I was also replying to YouTube comments. So we have a brand new video called Hindsight. My band's called The Last Martyr. And if you look at the comments, we reply to every single comment that's been left on that video. And I was replying to a new comment that we had and it never ceases to amaze me 
when people actually take the time out of their day to leave a comment on something like a video clip. And especially if they've heard us on radio and have made the effort to find us on YouTube and watch the video after hearing the song and then leave a comment, that actually speaks volumes to me. And I was thinking, you know, because I've heard that when I've done interviews on other people's podcasts, I've talked about making sure that you reply to every single message, every single comment on every platform. And that is actually not very hard. And it's one of my pet peeves when I'm working with bands or when I just come across bands and people have made the effort to drop a comment and the band hasn't actually replied. Oh, it's just incredibly frustrating. And I was thinking to myself, well, this has always been a value of mine. It's always, always been a value to reply to every single comment bar a very small window when social media first got started. And it almost was like this mindset of not replying because you were too cool. Everyone did it, (laughs) Um, but that was short-lived and people realized that the more you reply, you know, the better the relationships with your audience becomes and, you know, they turn into customers eventually. And also it helps with the algorithms and everything. So yeah, it really pisses me off when people don't reply. And I was thinking, well, why is this such a core part of my values? And then it clicked. I've always been in customer service. My whole working life pretty much has always been a customer service role. From the time that I started out in my very first job working at Boost Juice at Miranda Westfield, when it first opened, I was in customer service. I worked in hospitality all through university. And when I was outside of university, I got a job as a receptionist. And then after that was a customer service person or a member services officer at a royalty distribution company. And this whole customer service all of the values that come with customer service and providing good customer service and exactly how to do that has been so ingrained in me since I was a teenager that it is just something that comes naturally. And so thinking about the way that you approach your social media, I think that having a customer service mindset is incredibly important. I mean, even now I'm the channel manager at Maniacs, which is a heavy music publication owned by Warner and Maniacs is the Australian version of that. I believe in the UK it's called The Pit. Well, not I believe, (laughs) it is called The Pit. And even when we're replying to customers who are DMing us about merch, because Maniacs has a merch store that's attached to the website that sells merch from Warner artists or the heavy ones anyway. And even when replying to messages from complaining customers, it's just something that is so natural to me now. And The customer really is always right. And if you want to exchange services or goods for money, then it has to be worth it. So that has been something that's been on my mind tonight. And it's very timely as well, because last weekend, my band played a show at Stay Gold with Future Static and Excuse for an Exit. Oh my God, such an incredible night. What a fucking sick lineup. I really, really enjoyed watching the other bands on the bill. And it was a very special gig as well, not only because 
it was our first headlining show. We were co-headlining with Future Static and it basically sold out, which was incredible because, you know, we gave people like a week's notice. It was due to a tour cancellation um, that we could even get the venue and get that gig set up. Shout out to Jaden of Yeah That Agency. But it was a special show for me personally because it was I believe one of the first times, or at least probably the first time in this band where when I was performing on stage, I was more focused. In fact, I was probably 100% focused on ensuring the audience had a good time instead of focused on whether or not I was doing okay, or whether or not I was singing well, or whether or not I looked good, all of the shit that runs through your head when you're on stage. I completely left my ego at the door and I'm going to be blunt with you. I actually don't think I sang that well on that particular gig. Um, I had some issues with my in-ears and I was just moving a hell of a lot. So I guess I was like pretty puffed out. Um, I need to get back into like some sort of cardio routine. So I don't think I sang particularly well, but my main focus was really engaging with the audience and really tapping into their energy and what they were enjoying and where they were looking on stage and what they wanted more of and seeing if I could push them to move more and sing along and someone grabbed the microphone from me at the end to an original song as well, which was absolutely incredible. And, you know, it's their show. Like they gave up their Saturday night to attend and I'm going to damn well give them the microphone so that they can have the best night possible. And the fact that everyone was singing along as well to our originals was just an incredible experience that I guessed, I guess allowed me to tap into that mindset of breaking away from the ego and understanding that I'm an entertainer and it's actually my job to make sure that these people who have, as I said, given up their, not given up, but like chosen to be here on their Saturday night when they could be anywhere else, who have been starved for live music for months on end and, you know, a year basically or over a year on and off, it's my job to make sure that they have a good time. Your average audience member probably wouldn't tell if you hit a couple of bum notes or were slightly flat on that big note. They just see, oh, look, she's going for a big note and boom, like that sounds like pretty loud and she's doing the power stance and, you know, they're having a great time. That's what they focus on. They're not focused on the details of, you know, whether you played a part slightly differently or, you know mucked up the drum feel slightly. They're focused on the performance as a whole. I looked out into the crowd and I saw a sea of people with their phones up recording and posting videos of our set on their IG stories. And to me, that is just absolutely incredible. You know, even more so than leaving a comment on YouTube, I guess, like the fact that they're getting their phone out and they're searching to tag us and they enjoy the set so much that they want to capture the moment and share it with their friends. That is insane. And it's funny because, you know, a couple of years ago, we had so many musicians complaining that they hated when people were recording their sets and everything. And I totally get it because, you know, 
they may record a part where you're pitchy or like where you make a mistake or you just don't look that good. It's like an unflattering angle or whatever. And I also understand mindfulness and the importance of not being on your phone 24 seven and being away and stepping away from technology and being present in the moment. I understand how important that is for mindset as well. But the thing is you can do that for you know, 95% of the set. And it's totally fine to pull out your phone for that 5%. I really don't see an issue with it. If that's what you want to do, I guess looking at the bigger picture, and this is part of like not thinking about yourself, but thinking about your audience, it again speaks volumes. The fact that they've gone to the effort to actually capture that moment. And as I said, share it on their social media platforms. And this was a huge realization. And I guess this whole, not epiphany, because I've always known that it's the entertainment industry and it's your job to entertain, but this whole stepping away from, do I look good? Am I sounding good? Am I having a good time? Like the whole, like stepping away from that, because obviously, you know, who doesn't have a good time when they're playing anyway, but the whole, like stepping away from what do people think of me to how can I better serve the audience? really was highlighted with the next podcast episode, which I'm going to share with you, which is with Emmy Mack of the Australian rock band Red Hook. And she said something that was really poignant in the interview because they had a lot of success very, very quickly. And they were hounded by industry people from their second single. And I watched it all happen, obviously being close to the band. And so we got to talk about that in the interview, but you know, I asked her just for a last sort of tidbit of advice on, you know, what happens if you feel like you're not breaking through to that next level. You feel like you're not getting those bigger opportunities, such as bigger shows, management and everything, and that you feel like you're being ignored by the business side of the industry. And she was like, fuck the business side of the industry, focus on your fans. And then people are forced to pay attention. It's all about the fans at the end of the day. And I was like, fuck, Absolutely. I mean, as I said, it's not something that I haven't considered before, but it really was a fantastic reminder that sometimes we get caught up in growing our presence, growing our, you know, perception online or, you know, what's this goal that I personally want to kick? And I'm not saying that that's a bad thing because that definitely plays into the strategy, but I think that a lot of us would be more satisfied on the journey because honestly, whenever we kick one goal, we just set another one. There really is no destination when it comes to the music industry, but a lot of us do get very dissatisfied with the journey. And I think that if we just learn to focus more on who we're serving and our customer rather than ourselves, then that would make things a whole lot happier, I think. And people would be more fulfilled with where they're at and with their life in general, instead of thinking that something is missing. So they are pretty much my thoughts on customer service and my experiences with it and how I've been trying to flip my mindset to less focusing on myself and more focusing on my audience. And look, I'm not going to lie. It is easier when you reach a point where you've kind of got fans that aren't just your friends and having that moment where people that you don't know are singing your songs. And that was, you know, I think the last show was one of the first times that I've seen that really happen at scale, at least with this band. 
So it is easier when all of that stuff starts to happen, but that's not to say that you can't choose to focus on it now, even if you are just bringing your friends and family to shows because, you know, your friends might bring, and they usually will bring a couple of people along that haven't heard of you and you have that opportunity to convert them to fans. And the last thing I think that I will bring up just before we go is something that I have spoken about before. And it's that moment right after your set, after you exit the stage, and there's that 15 minutes of silence where you're changing over between yourself and the next band, you're packing up, they're loading on. And it's that moment of silence where one of your band members, usually the vocalist, but not always, needs to get to the merch desk. That 15 minutes of silence where you're able to freely talk without yelling (laughs) because a band's going on in the background and where your set is so fresh in people's minds and they're purely focused on your band. That's the most important time to convert your punters to fans and also to customers. So that is the biggest time to sell merch and to talk to people and build relationships and get people on your email list or to follow you on socials. My band, The Last Smarter, has a QR code sticker, which we give out to people, which basically means that when they scan the QR code, they can be taken to whatever the latest thing that we have is going on. We've got like this landing page built into our Bandzoogle website and we just update it with, you know, our latest video or our latest show information, that sort of thing. So that's what we do. But yeah, making sure that you're getting to that merch desk. And the reason why I'm really drilling this in, and it may seem incredibly obvious to some of you, but you know, there are a lot of egos involved in bands and we all know this. So if you're in a band where maybe you are the vocalist and you don't have anything to load off the stage, and your bandmates are angry at you for not helping them load off, actually, you can probably tell them to get stuffed. Tell them that Monica Strutt (laughs) told them they can get fucked and it is your job to go and convert those punters to fans and to customers. Get off the stage. I mean, of course, you can help your guitarist, you know, put his guitar in the case while, while he, you know, helps a drummer or deals with anything else, but make it quick and just get to that merch desk and talk to people. That is what you're there for. You're not just there to be a rock star and disappear. You're there to be the entertainer and to serve your customers in whatever way possible. There's nothing worse than seeing customers and punters at the merch desk and the band is distracted in the dressing room or you know, taking their sweet ass time to pack up and completely ignoring them because I'm telling you, you've probably lost a sale at the very least, but you know, you've probably lost yourself a follower as well. And someone that may have supported you for all the years to come, or they could have even been an industry person. I've seen that before where like an industry person from a like really, really well-respected label was, you know, at the merch desk waiting to speak to a band and they were too busy talking to their friends. And after 10 minutes, you know, they just saw that they were too busy and walked off and yeah, that band will probably never know, (laughs) um, you know, what they missed out on and potentially nothing, but like, you know, your network is everything in this industry. So that is it. 
I am going to leave it there. But before I do, I wanted to let you know that the webinar that I did this morning on promoting your band without live shows, you can actually watch the replay of that for three more days. So I'm leaving it up for free for three days only. And to sign up and get the link to watch it, you just head to monicastrutcom slash promote your band. I'll leave it linked down below, but it's monicastrutcom slash promote your band. I'm going to be sharing with you within that webinar, the four pillars to getting more exposure as a band. And three of them do not involve playing live shows. So we go through in detail, the three pillars, what they are, because There's a lot of people that try and overcomplicate growing an audience, but there's really three ways to do it. And I'm sure that you can think of, you know, some of them off the top of your head. I'll give you a clue. One of them is social media. (laughs) So I'm going to share with you, you know, those core pillars and getting more exposure, how best to utilize them. We're going to go through, you know, for example, social media platforms and how to leverage them and how to make things really as easy as possible and never run out of content again. Yes, I'm going to share with you the secret of how to never run out of content again. I've never heard anyone else really talk about this necessarily. So very, very excited to share that with you. So head to monicastrat.com slash promote your band. I am going to continue on with my Saturday night, which to be honest, I'm not really sure what that involves. I've got a chai latte sitting next to me. So I guess I'll drink that and edit this podcast now. So thank you for your patience. While I did take a little bit of a break from the being in a band podcast, by the way, we have a new podcast host. Um, I'm hosting my podcast on Kajabi, which doesn't really probably mean anything to you, except I have like a new website platform now, which you can check out at monicastrut.com. But anyway, that's enough about me. I hope you have been well and staying safe and I will speak with you next time. Bye. Thanks for listening to the Being in a Band podcast. If you liked this episode, please hit that subscribe button so you never miss an upload. And if you really liked the episode, make sure you leave me a five-star review. If you aren't a member already, come and join my free Facebook group, Music Marketing and Mindset for heavy bands and musicians. It's a business savvy community of musicians just like you. If you want to work together, all the details are available at monicastrut.com and I'll catch you next time. Bye.